Selling feels pushy, slimy and sleazy. That's what I think. If you feel the same, then you will enjoy this episode of the Authentic Branding Podcast with Adam Kidu. Because when we can master the art of selling from our hearts by being truly authentic, then we are leading from a place of being of service because we are actually helping people. And that is not pushy, slimy or sleazy at all. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Kirsten Hewer and you are listening to the Authentic Branding Podcast, your place to get inspired to build a thriving brand by leading with your heart and standing up for what you believe in. It's time to stop overthinking, staying hidden and waiting for the perfect moment. Our world needs more heart-centered leaders and now is your time to shine. Are you ready to say no to outdated marketing tactics and yes to authentically leaning into who you are so you can show up with joy and unstoppable confidence and build your brand from a place of abundance and alignment? This podcast will show you how. Hi, Adam. Hi, how are you? Good. I'm super excited to have you here today. This will be a awesome conversation. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited too. And I'm a fan of your work. So I love this. I'm a fan of your work too. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> so today we are having a topic. And um, before we dive into that, Adam, just say a few words and introduce yourself so that our listeners today know who you are. Yeah, absolutely. So I like to say I'm a wildly passionate entrepreneur with a big heart and who's focused and driven to, to help other entrepreneurs to namely get out of their own way to start honoring their their offers, their value that they're here to um, help other people with and to begin to stand for the future of what you're creating in the world around you, whether that be in business or in life. And so one of the things that I also like to hang my hat on is, um, you know, I've done, you know, sales calls and, and um, things like that for a couple of my mentors. And I crossed this threshold in just over a year's time of enrolling over a million dollars in sales. This came from the guy that used to feel, you know, scammy and sleazy and pushy and um, dopey and sneezy when selling early on. And I've come a long way in mastering how I view sales and also mastering my own energy when it comes to being in these enrollment conversations to help people to make an empowered decision for themselves. So that's something that I love helping others with as well. Wow, wow, wow. And Adam, I can say um, I've been in one of your programs and I loved it. It totally has changed how I see sales now. And uh, so today's topic is how to be a sales ninja without ever feeling pushy, salesy or sleazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> because you know what? This has been me and I'm thinking a lot of other entrepreneurs have been feeling the same way. I absolutely love what I do. I love helping other entrepreneurs with their marketing and branding and to stand out. But you know what, Adam, when it came to really selling my service, I really didn't feel comfortable because I thought I was stealing someone's money. Uh, although I knew what I did like was great, but I just didn't really have like the confidence of going out and owning it. So yeah. um, I'm just, just asking you, you just said like um, it wasn't always 
where it sounded like it wasn't always for you like this. Was there an epiphany moment? Like you didn't, or, or did you always like like selling? Like mm -hmm. no way, Jose. You know, I've I've always been a people person, and I, I've always had the ability to connect with people. But like you said, there was just so much stigma around selling and what it, what it meant, and um, you know, an aligned way to do it. My first real adventure in selling was when I was in college where um, the professor had us go out and actually sell these little radio spots for $50, right? So I, I, I took it amongst myself. I said, I'm going to get the top in the class. And I did, and it was, and it was pretty easy, um, even though there was a lot of um, resistance early on. And then I got the opportunity to, to start selling um, a different package for um, one of my teachers and I procrastinated and I procrastinated and I procrastinated. And he was literally like, all you have to do is talk to these people. They're already going to say yes. They sign up every year. And it was still, there was something about the whole sales conversation and facing rejection at that standpoint that was just eating me alive. I was doing everything and anything to procrastinate it. And what I ended up doing is uh, it worked out to my benefit. I created added value to even make sure that their yes was a lot easier for them. Um, and so that was my approach to sales. Then there became this point in time where I started my career with a traditional ad agency, um, a 25-year-old ad agency, a traditional media ad agency. And my first assignment was to call uh, over 300 daycare centers to interview them for their playground equipment and ask questions about when they're planning their budgets and, and all this stuff because we had a, a client that had a product you know, targeted towards them. And these people had kids crying in the background, you know, they can't hear me. And these people just, you know, did not want to hear me. And they're like, why are you asking about my playground equipment? Like, what is this? And it scarred me. Um, and I carried that resistance with me for a long time to where yet again, when I first started selling for this company, actually going out and selling, I made one phone call and I started asking the, the potential client to meet with me and I froze. And I literally couldn't speak for like 5, 10, 15 seconds. And then I found my words. And yet again, it was another scarring experience. And I think we've all had certain situations to where we ask for something and it doesn't go so well. So then we carry that baggage with us into sales and, and all that. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely been a bumpy ride um, from the get go for sure. Yeah. So, so, but what, what really has changed? Like you, you are a totally different person now. You are, you are teaching others to sell from their heart. Um, so what, like, was there an epiphany moment in your life where it suddenly made click? Like what, what was it? Because I have learned so much from you. Um, but like, what was it really for you that made this click? I think the biggest, 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 biggest um, epiphany moment was that I realized how much emphasis I was putting on myself and how I looked and, you know, and not wanting to be rejected and what it meant about me if I was rejected and people said no. There was so much emphasis on me, 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 me. But I'm not really that type of person that I'm, I'm so cautious and considerate about me because I want to connect with others. I want to grow together. I want to help people. But my perspective and my attention was only focused on what it meant about me if I put myself out there and people say no. And mm. it took a while and it did. And I, I even saw back then, I was like, look, I want to be of service. I want to help people just hold my attention there. But I would naturally get back into scarcity and I need to make a sale and this got it. This has to work and I hope they get it. And there was a lot of frustration and people can sense your energy. If you come onto a sales call or if you present an offer, you know, on a webinar or any sort of presentation, and you have this scarcity and uh, you know urgency and 
hoping people buy, even if they had a phenomenal experience and even if they like the product, that's going to put up resistance that's going to work against you. And I used to do webinar presentations to where after I would present an offer, I would literally have to like shut down physically for weeks. Little by little, inch by inch, I started be becoming um, aware of the baggage, the meaning I was attaching. And I realized that, hey, look, this is an energetic game. The more mm -hmm. energy I can, um, I can manage, the more I'm able to stand in my personal power and to help more people, which is essentially what I'm here to do. So that's, that's the main focus is not making it mean anything it doesn't need to mean about sales. Selling to me is leadership. It's leading someone. Mm -hmm. uh, and also not getting wrapped up in, in how I look and, and how I'm being possibly perceived by other people because that's going to burn my energy out and, and make sales a lot harder in itself as well. So. Mm -hmm. I think, um, yeah, this is so right. It's all about like energy. You can, I mean, people really focus on, I need to name my message and I need to get the words right. But you know what? You can have the best message in the world if you are sitting there and saying, I'm the best marketing and, <laughs> and nobody will believe me. <laughs> you know, it's about, you, you have to capture those people um, with, with your energy and draw them to you or, mm -hmm. um, or other it won't work so for me adam what really made click for me um when we went through um when i attended your heart-centered selling program uh was that i think at one point you said you are helping others to make a decision if your service or product is right for them yeah and this helped me to really detach from the price and just focus on my service and the value because um, I believe that everyone like if you really really want something you will you will find the money for yeah. it but at this point um, it's also about um, you I think you always say um, like fight for your client and yes. meaning they're in a situation where they have to make a decision and it might be fearful to, I don't know, invest, I don't know, a thousand, a thousand, two thousand, five thousand, whatever this is, what we offer. And they are fearful. So our job is it really to show them the opportunity and what's possible for them. Yeah. And how can we do that if we don't value what we do? And mm. this also comes back to that energy. So, yeah. um, so like, how do you, how do you help your, your students? Uh, and I know you have uh, your heart centered selling program coming up soon again. Yeah. Um, so how do you help your students to, to go, to change this mindset of like, you know, being in this position of, I don't know, but my service is great, but uh, how do I sell this? Yes. hundred percent, hundred percent. So a couple of things come up. There is one, we are here on this planet as human beings, right? We're, we're humans. And we like to just think that that's, that's it. And we don't give ourselves enough credit for how much power we really hold. Um, but we are constantly giving our power away of what people might think and, you know, the whole inadequacy and imposter syndrome and, you know, perfectionist and procrastination, all that stuff. The overthinking, the overthinking, the overthinking burns up a tremendous amount of energy. So then when we're putting these in these situations to where we're here to stand for um, our deeper knowing that this is the work I'm here to do, at least right here and right now, and I can help, excuse me, I can help people when we're leaking energy all day long and we're sitting there, you know, we're, we're presenting an offer and our thoughts are just going, 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 then we're not going to be as strong and uh, in our conviction to show people that, look, I can help you. 
And if we don't have that conviction inside of us working from our personal power, and if yet again, we're working, I mean, I worked from fear, doubt, and scarcity for the longest time. And anytime you work from fear, doubt, and scarcity, you're going to get scarce results. There's no way around it. You might get some people to buy. Yeah. But if you are in your personal power, standing for yourself and your value, and also standing for the people that you're here to help, that's a beautiful blend. People will sense that about you and they'll sense that, hey, look, um, you know, uh, you're, you're a leader. Uh, I trust this person. Um, you know, I can see how I can get to where they are and, and they, they seem to know how to get me there. Like we can do this. There's always three lines in sales that you're getting your people to cross. Number one is, do I need this? Right. So hopefully you, you guys are able to show them the value, show them what happens without this, show them what happens with this, what's possible with this. Do I need this now? A lot of people have the Amazon wish list just full of stuff that I'm going to get to later. And if you don't really uh, help them to see what's at stake here, you know, where are you going to be in the in the future if you're not able to, you know, nail your branding now, then people don't see it as I need to buy now. And mm -hmm. the third most important line to get your audience, your, your potential customers to cross is, can I do this? And if you are having uncertainty, and I get it, it's something that you must continue to practice. But if you're having uncertainty in your ability to um, enroll people, to hold the space, to, to ask for the sale, and your ability to deliver what you said you're going to deliver, people are going to sense that. And here's the thing. We put a lot of emphasis on, hey, look, somebody comes in my program. Um, what happens if they don't get the transformation? It's not my concern. I can literally give them everything and anything they need to succeed and they could still not do it. So I'm not going to put uh, so much emphasis on that, but I am going to hold the space and I am going to do everything within my power to make sure that they're in motion and they're in moving. But there's yeah, just these little caveats that our brain wants to uh, pull us out of alignment and also pull us out of our present moment with these little what if conversations. But when you can stand and come to know, and, and I talk about knowing a lot. Come to truly know, not analytically, but with your heart, with your feeling, with your the higher version of you, that when people work with me, when people are in my environment, they are much better off than they are without me. I don't need to be sold on how, you know, what's the sequence of my modules and, you know, all this and stuff. Are they better with me? Are they better without me? And if you can come to fully answer that one question, they're better in my presence. They're better with my guidance you will stand for your offers. You will stand for your value and people will come to know that you're forced to be reckoned with and they'll want to work with you. Yeah, this is awesome. Um, so like you, you just said, like really acting from your heart and being also, I think for me, that's being aligned with who you are. So like, what is, what is the difference? So if, if I usually think about selling, uh, I think about, you know, I have to call someone <laughs> cold calling and I have a script that I go through. <laughs> I have to certain words. Excuse me, um, ma'am. <laughs> is that what you teach, Adam? Or what is what is different with heart centered selling? Yeah, and, and it, it really comes down to um what's transpiring in this conversation. Obviously, if I just pull somebody off the streets and I start presenting an offer offer to them, we're not in agreement, you know, we're, we're not on the same page. And in order to really be powerful in those conversations, you must have connection. And so if it is one of those things to where I'm, I'm doing clarity calls, right, um, which, is, which is a good thing. Early on, I was so resistant to just get on a call with somebody and, and just hold space and ask questions. 
But if they think they're there to work through something and then you're just shifting into an offer, it can feel icky to you and to them. So the way is to just continue to get an agreement, right? Um, but there's so many different ways to get people in your presence, whether that be a, a you know, kind of like a presenting to many, um, to a group or one-to-one -one conversations. And it always shifts and shapes a little bit or shifts and shapes. Um, but I will say there's this premise that I speak more about in the, in the um, video series coming up about controlling the frame, right? Because it is, sometimes you come on these calls and it's just like oh, a coffee chat or whatever. So this person's like, oh, we're just hanging out and chatting and connecting. And then you try to take the leadership role in the conversation and it's kind of like feels off a little bit, but you have the opportunity to kind of set the tone from the very get go to let them know that, um, you know, this is, this is a conversation that we're going to be having that um, could potentially benefit them greatly. And it's not necessarily you, you just saying that, but it is just kind of like setting and priming the stage, asking powerful questions. And the one who's asking the questions, it's not like the other person can't ask questions, but the one who's asking the questions is the one who is controlling the frame. So. Mm, mm. Yeah, that is big. So um, controlling the frame. And um, so you just mentioned like a free um, video series. Can you can you tell us more about this? Um, what what you will be covering with that? Yeah. So so last year I did um, what I called a, a beta training. It was kind of the first couple times that I that I went through and did this training and phenomenal results. Um, got great you know testimonials and, and things like that. And so we decided to take what we learned from that beta experience and. Um, and create a new training that's it's a little bit more dialed in, a little bit more evolved. So that way people are actually having actionable things to do when it comes to mastering the art of selling with your heart. Because we could all, like like uh, Kirsten said, we can all have a script, a blueprint, a process is like, this is the selling formula. We can all follow that and get different results. And so there's a big component, an energetic component um, of, of the whole entire sales you know, conversation. But also there is powerful, you know, language patterns and um, heartfelt uh, ways to say things that are going to allow you to feel more in alignment with yourself um, and that's going to connect deeper with your audience. I used to do webinars and I would feel I like there were certain, you know, things that I was following from my, uh, my mentors and I was like, oh, I just don't like the way this makes me feel and I'm just going through the process and I don't really know why to do why I'm doing this, but I'm big into psychology, breaking down uh, more of what's really transpiring in these sales conversations. So that way you can come to know what it takes for you to uh, manage this energy and also present an offer in a way where it makes people say, hell yes, I want this. Awesome. That sounds That's really what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And I am sure we'll be um, joining that again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I, I had a question written down here for you because um, like, uh, the authentic branding is all about being authentic at being you. Um, so what does being authentic mean to you and how can we, how, how can being authentic help us when we sell? Yeah, I love it. Um, I think more than anything, you know, the marketplace is becoming so sophisticated that the old sales tactics and literally you could just do a webinar like six, seven years ago. And people are like, oh, what? Like, this is cool. We're doing this online thing. We're hanging out and they have this offer and people are just buying like, like gangbusters. Right. Um, and now the market's becoming more um, sophisticated. So they kind of know what to look for and, and things like that. So it really is those who are authentic, those that others sense are true to themselves that are winning the day. 
Um, and that's something that I used to not be that. I used to think that I needed to be the expert and needed to be the authority. And I, so I was always trying to position myself. And um, I was just having a conversation with a friend a little bit ago to where um, I used to speak loudly to people. And I'm trying to say, you guys need to do this and, and all this stuff. And it just didn't feel good. Um, but it wasn't until I really took a step back that I, I could see that. And so now authenticity for me is more um, of a question of being present and not necessarily working from the past or trying to predict the future. It's being fully present and being me. And there's a few caveats that are kind of like bumpers um, that I try to steer clear of to allow myself to be in this present moment. One is attachment. So I could be attached to the results and I need this to happen. I need so many customers and I need these sales, which that's going to skew my energy. That's going to pull me out of being authentic because I'm going to be working from this place of scarcity. You know, we, we live in an, excuse me, an abundant universe. Nature's abundant. We are abundant. So if we're working from scarcity, that is false, right? If we're working from heart, expansiveness, abundance, that is truth. You come to feel it from a visceral level. If it feels good, it's expansive. And so there's also a conversation too about, you know, working from the past and attachment to the past. It's like if I did this launch one time or I presented this offer and this is how it went, we seem to think that this that's how it's going to go again. And so we're bracing ourselves for, oh, you know, people, you know, you know, didn't like this offer or, or you know, somebody said something about the offer, whatever. Yet again, we're not present. So when we can really be present in these present moments and I just had a, a flash of a, a client of mine in my uh, coaching intensive who presented an offer his very first time presenting this new program, this new membership. And I was on the, I was on the call when he presented it and he had this moment, this O S H I T moment to where the energy kind of got intense and he almost kind of lost his train of thinking. And, and I've been there, so nobody else spotted it, but I knew exactly what was going on. But being we've, we've practiced this and, and uh, you know, just talked about managing, managing our energy, keeping our minds still, he collected himself, he went on and he had phenomenal results, like best conversion rate I've seen, you know, in, in quite a while. Um, but it, it was like the energy became this kind of big deal for him, but he just stayed present, you know, got back in that present moment and continued on and people were connecting with it. People were loving it. And it was a beautiful experience. But so many times we get this one little thought that just derails us. And that's why I said earlier, I used to be freaking exhausted after a webinar because my mind's like, crap, I shouldn't have said that. And oh, should I do this? And, and all this stuff. I'm not in my personal power. I'm not in my strength. But when yeah. I'm in my strength, I have more conviction and people are more likely to, to join me and, and to enroll and to make that empowered decision for themselves. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, is there a specific um, trick or technique that you uh, can recommend to our listeners today? Like if they, I, I know exactly what you mean with those moments uh, where the mind just goes off and we are um, like, but how can we go back into like feeling centered? Like, do you think some spe something specific? Do you just get your energy back to your heart? Like, how is there a specific thing that you do? Yeah, I love this. So, so this definitely starts before the call, right? We want to be able to get ourselves in a peak state. Um, and I say peak state is just more in your power. It's, it's centered. It's strong. Um, you don't have to be overly hypey to where you get on the call and they're kind of coming on the call, just kind of sub subdued. And you're like, hey, how are you? You know, you're like totally going to ruin the rapport and connection if you're just like over overly hyped. So that's not the peak state that I'm talking about. I'm talking about in your in your power. And so in these moments to where your mind starts kind of going, um, I've trained myself. And yet again, this happens before the call, but I've trained myself 
to um, quiet my mind and shift back in any time. And it's it's wild. Like you'll be sitting there talking and all of a sudden your mind is just going, do, 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 do. You're like, shut up, shut up. I'm trying to do something here. Leave me alone. Um, but I, I've trained myself to know if my thoughts go a certain way and if they don't feel good, I know instantly that I don't, I don't want to serve them. It's not helping me. Um, it's, it's good. It's going to be disempowering. It's not empowering me. I want to, I want to, um, navigate through them. And so instead of fighting my mind and, you know, things like that and trying to shut it up, I will simply say, thank you. And in that moment, I, it's a simple reminder to come back to the present. So these negative thoughts are actually good things because they allow me to come back to the present moment. And it's it's big about awareness and, and practice and catching yourself. I used it one standpoint when I um, when I was doing sales early with that ad agency, I would go into, um, you know, just just meet with different prospects and I would just, you know, just stop in on businesses, cold calling, if you will. And I would sometimes have a conversation. I would just break out in a sweat and I'm sitting there. I'm working to be present and, and I'm you know sharing with my heart and wanting them to see the possibility and what's possible and working together. But I have this visceral reaction, these nerves, you know, my, my heart's racing a bit, I'm sweating. And all the time, I'm probably saying 50 times in there, I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. And it's just like riding a bike. You know, the first time you ride a bike, you're like, your heart's racing. You're just like, what the heck is this riding a bike thing? I'm like about to kill myself. Why do people do this? Then you get better at it. You get more centered with it. And then you're able to just hop on a bike and ride. So it does take practice, but also, yeah, that's a great question to, to have a simple practice of your own, even if it's a sticky note that says, thank you, right? Be grateful for this moment, having these, these people or this person in front of you to where they're in your world. They're, they're curious about what it looks like to work with you, or they um, have some intrigue about your offer. So be grateful for that moment, right? No matter what your body or your mind is trying to tell you, just come back to that moment ground yourself, um, you know, just even, even move your body a little bit. If you get tense, you know, make sure you breathe and just be in that moment and enjoy it because it's not every day that we have people that are, you know, we, we are holding attention and people could potentially want to work with us. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, this is, I love this so much um, because mm -hmm. I think we are, when we are thinking about the whole sales conversation, we are often uh, really sh like leaving our own energy on the table. And um, I just had that a couple of days ago where the conversation like went in a totally different direction. I was exhausted afterwards. It wasn't even really a sales call, but it was, um, I, I, I lost the track and I afterwards I thought, what was I doing here? Like, what happened? <laughs> so um, can you um, uh, like say, like um, being a sales ninja, is not, um, so what I understand, is not like going out, following a script and being pushy, uh, but is rather what? Like what does being a sales ninja mean for you in order to get really and help others to to shine and thrive? Such a, such a great question. And I will, I will direct this to, at this point in time, your number one superhero strength, no matter what you're doing, if you're doing one-to-one -one calls or whatever, is your ability to listen. Because people will tell you one thing and they'll have objections and, you know, oh, I can't afford it and all this. It's such an easy escape. They're on this call for a reason. There's something about this call, this program with you that they know life can change. Life can uh, be more expansive. They can benefit from working with you. But we're going to let them off the hook by just saying, oh, I can't afford it. 
right? And so I'm listening. What what else is there? I'm not just listening as the words. I'm tapping into what else is there. And if they're asking a question, um, what's the question under the question? So my ability to be still in these moments is my is my competitive advantage. It's my it's my superhero strength. Um, and so that's that's one way to become a sales ninja. Another way is to become so disattached to the results that you really don't care how this call goes, right? It's, it's not about my ego. If somebody says no to me, it means absolutely nothing, right? It means they could potentially work with me later. That's all it means. I'm leaving people in possibility. Um, but, but that's um, a key distinction in being a sales ninja is to be able to, and, and it's funny too, it's just like, I don't even like that term, but it's kind of fun because one, you know, people have a stigma around sales. Like if I say the word sales, what, what comes up? It's usually, you know, salesperson, slimy, sleazy, whatever. And it doesn't have to be that way. It's probably in movies and society that you think salespeople are sleazy, but salespeople are essentially leaders. They're leading somebody to make it a decision. And my whole job in sales, in sales conversations is to get people to this jumping off point, this step in the road where they choose to cross the line. I cannot drag them. I cannot force them. I cannot make them do anything they don't want to do. I'm going to empower them with a new perspective, with the tools they need, with um, more certainty and, and comfort in knowing exactly how this part, uh, our, our agreement plays out together. And then at that standpoint, I will hold space for them. I will ask one more question where other people will not ask another question. There's a lot of people that they get one objection, they're done. They say they couldn't afford it. Okay. But they're spending, you know, six, seven, eight, ten bucks on coffee every day. And they're going out to eat, you know, five times, you know, a week and, and all this stuff, but they can't afford it. Okay. And you're gonna let that stop you. So I'm gonna ask another question. I'm gonna I'm gonna say, um, I'm gonna say, how do you how do you know that? How do you know you can't afford it? How do you know you're not just one client away from being able to pay this whole thing off? Right. So then I shifted their attention from I can't afford this to the potential of, oh, yeah, just one client away. Like one client, I could pay this off or two clients, I could pay this off. When they're looking there, all of a sudden I took this door, this uh, stop sign and I moved it out of the way and I helped them to see that the small little actions could really pay off. And then at that standpoint, I've got a, a better ability to help them to see what's possible moving on, moving from here because that's just one small little step. And when you learn to master selling from the art of, you know, selling from your heart, so much more opens up to you to where you might get one, two sales, you pay your way, and then everything else is gravy on top. So if they're going to see that instead of seeing their resistance or seeing what happens if this doesn't work, they're going to be more likely to buy. So it's, a, it's helping them to see what they're not seeing. Wow. Adam, this is gold. <laughs> what you just said is really gold. And um I think these are perfect words to end our brandcast for today. And um, so can you share when does your free um, live series start? Is it on October? October 14th, 14th Thursday at, at 11, October 14th. And you know, if you can't make the date, uh, we're, we're definitely going to have replays up for a little bit. Um, it's a three-part live epic training series. And I call it epic for a reason because I do. I go above and beyond. You can ask any one of my you know, uh, heart center selling mastery students. I'm the type of guy who over delivers. And so I want nothing more than this series to really set you up to begin to look at sales in a whole new way. And there's going to be some things built into where we're going to, you know, invite you to 
take on some challenges with this. Um, to be able to open up enrollment conversations and speak to people differently to where we're no longer forcing and saying, you know, you need this and you've got to do this and you should do this. If people don't like to be sold to, people don't like to be spoke at. But people do need leadership. People do need to know that they're in great hands. People do need to know that you have their best interests in mind and you have their back. And so that's some of the deeper conversations that we're going to have about managing energy, saying things in a different way to bypass mental filters, these blocks that most people are, are you know, becoming sensitive to. Um, the same old stuff doesn't work anymore. So you have an opportunity to, to be more aligned with your energy and your, your big heart to honor that as your greatest gift rather than doing all the things and hoping that the latest Instagram post brings in new customers like I was doing. I was doing, you know, I was building my websites and, you know, doing graphics and doing all the things, but business wasn't growing. And that's because I wasn't putting out offers. I wasn't selling. I wasn't holding space for people. As soon as I started doing that from not from a place of giving to get, but from a place of being of service and helping people, because I know that I have value here and I know that I'm here to help change the world. I mean, if you think about it, if I help one person, if you help one person, you didn't just help one person, you changed the world because that one person is going to be different. They're going to be more excited, more expansive. They're going to have a new perspective to share with their kids, their significant others, their families, their coworkers, their, their parents. That's going to have a ripple effect that goes on forever because the experience that those people had with that one person, that's going to lead them to a different you know, perspective in life as well. I mean, one small instance where you make somebody smile, where five minutes before they're thinking about taking their life. If you give somebody hope about their business when they're about to, to give up, if you help somebody to do whatever you're doing, if you're working with, um, you know, helping people to have better trained dogs, right? They're going to have more peace of mind. They're going to have more presence. They're not going to be so high strung because their dog is barking all night and all morning. You're helping to change somebody's life, which effectively changes the world. So I, I do, I take my work serious and I honor my work and my value. And it's something that I've, I've continually had to see a new perspective in order to get here because for the longest time, it was, it was a tough road. It was a scarce, lonely road. And I just knew that as long as I keep my attention on being of service, honoring my value and honoring the work I'm here to do, good things will work out. And that's how things work. So awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. So if you want to, um, you can go to, um, adamcadu.com forward slash brand. We'll just give you the brand URL. So, so, uh, you can get signed up with, uh, with this show and, um, and Kirsten can possibly keep an eye on you with uh, coming through her link and everything. So, um, yeah, I would definitely recommend getting signed up for it. October 14th is the first of three live trainings. And I'm telling you, this is going to be something that's going to radically transform how you view life and business and sales from this point on. So, and we absolutely don't want to miss it. So for everyone listening today, you need to sign up for this. And I will share the link also um, uh, with, with, this, um, with this video today. Thank you. Thank you, Adam. I am very grateful that you had uh, time to hop on our brandcast today. And um, yeah, we will see you soon in your live training series. Yeah. Well, thank you. And thank you for the work you're doing. I, I, I'm Yet again, I'm a fan. You're doing great work. So thank you. We are changing the world together. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Adam. Bye. Bye. Hey, are you still there? <laughs>
<laughs> awesome. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate a review. Only if it's a good one, though. <laughs> we release a new episode every week, so you might want to hit the subscribe button now to get notified. Are you ready to build your online brand? Then connect with us by following the link on this page. We can work together one-on-one -on -one, or you can join our small group program. Until next time, I'm your host, Kirsten Hewer.